This past February, it was February 17th to be exact, and I know that because it was Ash Wednesday. Some of you will recall that we did walk through um, communion and ashes here in the cathedral following each of our live stream services. You could come in through the doors on 14th, stop at the crossing for the imposition of ashes and move forward to receive communion. I was stationed at the crossing where you just heard the gospel read for the imposition of ashes after the five o'clock service. And it was lovely and tender, if not occasionally hilarious, watching those of you who came try to ash yourselves or a couple ash each other's foreheads. I'm not gonna lie, it made me feel pretty good about my crosses, and at least by that measure, I have some job security. <laughs> so there was a lull in the folks coming in, and I was looking around at the illuminated interior of this beautiful place. It never ceases to amaze me and fill me with awe and just this sense of good fortune that this is where I get to be, week in and week out. And as I looked, I was standing on the west side of the crossing, and as I looked up to the east windows, something shiny caught my eye. And something was sparkling right at the top of the arch on the east side of the crossing, right below the clerestory window. And it took a while to figure out what it might be. But at last, I knew. There, on that first day of Lent, that somber time of admitting and coming to terms with the reality of our mortality, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, I was seeing a sign of Christmas. Because perched atop that arch at the east side of the crossing, glinting in the light, was a glittered wooden star from our children's Christmas pageant. The very stars that are scattered here around the crash. And it's still there. No idea how it got there. No idea how long it's been there. We've had lifts and cranes in here for wall cleanings and stained glass window maintenance and lighting projects and more over the last many years. Who thought to perch that little star there? Where did they find it? Was it meant to be whimsical or theological? A joke or an acknowledgement that there is always a bit of Christmas happening every time we gather, even on Ash Wednesday. I find this paradox, this finding a Christmas star on Ash Wednesday, especially meaningful this morning as we encounter this gospel lesson from Matthew. I'm not going to lie again. Uh, I sometimes wonder if I've done something wrong because I've now gotten this text twice in about as many years. 
And this text is telling a horrible story in the midst of Christmas. This story of the Holy Family's terror and the slaughter of the innocents. The shepherds have returned to their flocks in the fields. The heavenly host, singing glory to God in the highest, has moved on to other angelic duties. Matthew tells us that the wise men have left, headed home by another way to avoid Herod. And Joseph is visited in a dream. It's a terrifying dream. One with a dire warning for Joseph to gather up his family and flee to Egypt. Waste no time, for Herod is searching for your child, Jesus, and you are all in grave danger. Joseph's obedience saves his little family, saves his child from the slaughter that does come, the slaughter that Herod decrees of all male children under the age of two in and around Bethlehem. And this story of genocide and exile comes on this, the ninth day of Christmas, during a season of hope and Emmanuel. A Christmas star on what feels for all the world like an Ash Wednesday. I do think this story in Matthew keeps the Christmas story real. It keeps it from becoming just a story that is saccharine and full of sentimentality. It's a stark reminder of the precarious nature of life, even in the midst of miraculous incarnation. God made flesh must flee to Egypt for safety. Maybe finding a Christmas star on Ash Wednesday isn't such a paradox after all. Joseph is visited again in a dream when Herod has died. He's told to return to Israel and that the threat to Jesus' life is past. Joseph's obedience to his dreams continues to save his child as he does return, but to Galilee and not Judea because Joseph is wise and he knows that Herod's son is as evil and power-hungry as his father. It's another close call, another disaster averted, but of course, not without tremendous fear and anxiety and no small amount of looking over their shoulder, making sure they're not followed. I can't help but think at this moment of our neighbors to the Northwest who fled their homes on Thursday evening, looking for shelter and refuge evacuating on roads that are still bedecked with Christmas decorations, passing homes with colored lights and inflatable Santas as they were fleeing, driving away from fire and smoke, not sure when they would be able to return, not sure to what they would be returning. 
think about that star perched up on that arch. A little bit of Christmas in the midst of all that happens here with us as a community. Regular Sunday worship, baptisms, soaring anthems, and Easter joy. A little bit of Christmas in the midst of all that happens here for us as a community. Ash Wednesdays, Lent, Good Fridays. That little bit of Christmas will also be here when many of us gather to finally mourn the loss of the wonderful soul, Canon Burt Womack, this coming Saturday. A little bit of Christmas that glimmers and sparkles in the midst of sorrow and mourning and suffering, much like the gospel reading today. I was curious about the Clara story window under which it rests. And thanks to Ann Jones' fabulous book about all of our stained glass windows, I didn't have to look far for my answer. That stained glass window is called the New Testament children's window. And among those depicted in stained glass are Simeon holding the infant Jesus, flanked by Mary and Joseph. John the Baptist is there with his parents. Adult Jesus is also depicted with Jairus' daughter after resuscitating her and with the child offering his precious few loaves and fish for the feeding of so many. They are stories of prophecy and stories of miracle. It's lovely. And I love that the star rests below this window. Perhaps most appropriate to this day, though, in today's difficult text, at the bottom of that window, there's a row of nine children, nine little boys who would be no more than two years old. They're the holy innocents of today's gospel reading. Ash Wednesday and a Christmas star. A reminder for us on this day and every day that suffering and joy are intimately entwined throughout our entire story of faith. Amen.